As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. How's your day? It's been good so far, man. I, um, I'm getting ready for um, going to South Dakota for uh, for Freedom Fest. Oh, nice! Yeah, and that's like a that's like a three a three day thing, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. I've never been to South Dakota, and I think this is gonna be like at the um, like right at the foot of Mount Rushmore. Dude, that'll be so awesome. We, are you speaking, or are you just going for the event? No, I got four like panels in three days or something like that. That'll be so it's like, it's like a gang of libertarians. It's, it's, it's mainly a libertarian, like ANCAT event, but I think it'll be dope. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I just yeah. want you to know, I'm sticking to my water. The water, <laughs> look, 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 look. Yeah, there it is. Cheers. Yeah. Yo, when I say, <clears throat> when I say I had the roughest time, I usually down a lot of coffee. Oh yeah, the That's coffee is 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 harder to defeat than the liquor. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, because you're a productive guy, right? So, like, anytime some people always ask that question, like, if you had to give up one, which would it be? It's like, dude, I give up alcohol every time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I gotta have caffeine, man, because I'm trying to squeeze, you know, twenty six hours <laughs> into a twenty four hour day. Right. So, coffee. Coffee has been the lesson for me. Cause the, the definition of an addiction, my homie was saying that if it's something that you just like, can't stop. Yep. And I'm like, even this morning, I'm just like, like looking at the coffee pot <laughs> as I'm in the car, I'm like, man, there's a Dunkin' Donuts around here, like on some fiend shit. Yeah. And so I'm like, yo man, I might have a problem with caffeine, not like liquor. Cause like in my mind, I'm like, cause I, if I go out to eat, I have a shot of Booker's, a Long Island, maybe some wine, but that hasn't really been an issue. I mean, it's a little weird because I'm like, all right, I'll just have water. But right, coffee in the morning, nah, man, it's it's that's a drug, drug. <laughs> it, it really, it truly is, and it's weird how we as a society have like made certain drugs okay and normal. You know, we we can go down a whole libertarian rabbit hole and all that stuff. But like, for those who don't know, Maj and I are yeah. both right now drinking nothing but water. He, I saw yeah. he he posted something about it, and I was like, I'll take you up on that. And uh, it ain't easy for sure. Caffeine's the biggest thing for me, man. Just you, you know what's crazy? So I'm a I'm like you know so you, as a bodybuilder, you're gonna hear everybody say, well, you know, I used to lift. I'm a bodybuilder, like all the time. Been, he <laughs> shit all the time, right? When I was actually being in the gym more consistently, and um, not to compete or anything, just 
I just like it. It's just, it was like, you know, and I would notice there would be very few guys in the gym with water. Really? Like very few. And it would be, and it will obviously it would depend on what type of gym I was at too. Sure. So if I was at, um, ironically, when I, if I was at planet fitness, a lot of people at planet fitness at that time in my experience, those people were trying to lose weight. So they, a lot of those people had water. Or pizza. They have pizza there too. Or, yeah. Pizza too. Or Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> um, but if I went to like LA fitness and guys was like, like LA fitness is weird. If you catch, if you catch the right LA fitness is it's legit. But some of them, like the one I, I used to go to in Philly is like a nightclub. Cause that's where all of the strippers go to work, work <laughs> out. You know what I'm saying? So everybody's there. just standing around at the flat press. Like the dudes, it's like, all right, bro. Like, yeah. are y'all all just y'all just working the flat press? You're not going no incline, no decline, nothing. And so at that gym, I would see nobody with water, nobody. Interesting. At the this dungeon gym that was like a five dollar a day gym, and it's, it doesn't even exist anymore. A lot of the dudes that came home from jail, they were in that gym doing like like jail shit and i would see those guys with water but the more the, the a, a gym that's like um not a dungeon or like as people are lifting i'm like bro you 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 really are operating at a deficit and i don't think that you like i don't think most people know that they're really kind of operating that like they're almost damn near dehydrated yeah and so all of these things went into um me saying and i had been drinking a lot like not not on like alcoholism, but just like and thinking about it, I'm like, yo, I, I I had a lot of liquor this week. And so I'm just like, nah, let's just flush. Let's just do the water full weekend and see see what we feel like. You know yeah. what I mean? I think it's good to do stuff like that, man. I mean, I personally like some of it was my parents were both addicts. So it's always in the back of my mind. But I'm all like I hate that feeling when I get to the yeah. point of like feeling like. I'm depending on something or something's a regular part of my routine. I always yeah. like to try and mix it up, but caffeine is the big one for me, man. It's, it's always like, whether it's coffee or energy drinks or something, I'm just always, you know, what, what do you, what do you think is the longest you went without coffee? Oh, dude. Well, coffee, I've, I've gone pretty long without coffee specifically, but anytime I did that, I always filled the gap with like an energy drink or something mm. like that. And mm. for me, probably the worst thing was I got in a bad habit of always taking like like having to have a pre-workout before I hit the gym. And those things are so full of caffeine and stuff, man. It's yeah. it's crazy. You're like cracked out, you know, but you you feel oh, like you gotta yo, have so, it. Dude, so, look, it's so bad. I, I gave I gave my girl oh shit. Pre-workout for the first time. And so, you know. Usually when we're consistently in the gym is five sets of 20 medium weight, like the whole, like, unless I'm specifically with a power lifter right. and he's showing me something that's only going to be like three reps. But generally when I'm in the gym consistently five sets of 20 on whatever muscle group that I'm working of everything, right? Medium weight, you get a good amount of reps. Mm -hmm. That shit going to burn after a while. So you're good. Right. That's how you're not in the gym growth. for some time. Huh? That's ideal for muscle growth that, you know, high rep, high volumes. Right. You know. So, but getting back into the gym, I'm like, yo, we're going to do three sets of 20 
And cause I'm not, you know how dudes take their girl in and they're like trying to push a person beyond what they fucking, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm like, look, let's just do three sets of 20. Let's kind of like keep it light, medium, whatever, whatever. Um, and so we were doing that. And then I took pre and I was like, she was like, well, what's that? And I'm like, well, <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is a pre-workout. And she, I'm like, yo, you could bang it. And the way that I usually take it is I don't mix it really with water. I just yeah. bang the scoop bang a shot of water and we get to it 10 minutes by the time we get in there it's do in. my little warm up on the treadmill let's get busy yeah she takes the <laughs> she takes it the same way and she's like in the gym like yo why the fuck is my face oh, itching yeah like, <laughs> if you're if you've never had it before you're not ready for that experience <laughs> you know it's yeah. it's, it's different yeah and and she the funny thing was though she she enjoyed that workout and she kind of was like yo, I think I need to take a pre-workout every oh, time. Boy. And I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Let's just string it out a little bit. Let's see how it go, you know? Yeah, but yeah, yeah I, I really I really enjoy the gym. Um, I'm saying this shit like this is my interview, like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> Dude, it's like, all good. We can do whatever you want, man. Okay. Real quick, though, uh, we just kind of jumped into it, but uh, quick, quick intro. So yeah. uh, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm joined today with, with a guest that I'm really excited about, Maj Torre. Um, and if you guys don't know him, you know, follow him on Instagram at Maj Torre. He's the founder and owner of Black Guns Matter, huge 2A yeah. advocate. Um, you know, I, I relate with you a lot in, in several different ways on social media and everything because I, I've noticed sometimes... What's the best way to put this? When you are committed to speaking truth, no matter what, you're going to piss off the right and the left. It's going to happen. And I do that a lot. Like I, I make people mad on both sides because I'm, I'm honestly just telling the truth. I'm not trying right. to make either side happy. I'm telling the truth. And, uh, you know, most of the time I'm on the right side of, of a lot of issues. But if I'm not like recently, I, I called out a lot of people that were trying to get Black Rifle canceled over this stupid New York mm. Times interview and, you know, love them, hate them, whatever, however you feel. It's like we don't do the cancel culture thing. You know, right. what are you guys doing? You've spoken out against this. So I call them out and then I'm getting all these people hating on me. But anyway, um, Maj, what else would you add to, you know, an intro of yourself, a description of what you do, what you're all about? Just uh, I usually say I'm a reform scumbag. Um, my job <laughs> I'm not oh, reformed yet. No. Damn. Right, right, right. Um, I used to, I used to rob. Uh, my job was to rob drug dealers, um, and I hustled at certain points too. And you're from um, Philly, right? Yeah, I'm from Philly. Um, and I just, I just saw. So I believe this, this concept that, like, you know, we were talking about caffeine, which is a drug, right? I believe this concept, like, this drug is good. Not even factoring in why I thought this, just accepted the concept that, like. This drug is good, and if you're selling this drug, you're bad, and you're a bad person, so if I rob you, it's okay. Mm. On top of the fact that you can't tell anybody. If I rob you, I mean, you selling drugs, you kind of tough, and if you're tough, you're not a citizen because you're in this game, so it's okay for me to rob you. And that, that was kind of wrong um, in hindsight because the, the overall war on drugs is, in essence, a war on freedom. Now, I'm not going to shoot heroin, but if you want to, you have the freedom to actually do so. And I think that evolving into a thought process more in, in, in alignment with liberty, I kind of like reformed a lot of stuff. 
Um, you know, I've sold, you know, a bunch of stuff. And uh, over the last few years, you know, I just kind of like was like, yo, bro, I'm I'm just kind of done with that. And 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 just seeing um, I've made music and all of this stuff and stuff. And you travel around the country and you, you, you know, you go back and you your friends are like, yo, where's Kurt? Yo, he caught a gun case. Well, who did he shoot? He didn't shoot nobody. He just had a gun. And with his jacket, he's got to sit for a while because his bail is extremely high. Then you go to Detroit. Yo, what happened to Steve? Steve caught a gun charge. Who did he shoot? He didn't shoot nobody. He just had a gun. Da, 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 da. So you start to see, damn, just the very act of having the gun has been criminalized, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. we, um, me and my homies, you know, in 2015, going into the 2016 election, we we made, you know, a joke. Everybody was like, yo, we voters registration drive. And we was like, yo, we need a license to carry drive. So we did this one event. Black Guns Matter was initially going to be one event. Um, and it was in Philly. And everybody from like Jersey, too many people came. And I was just like, yo, bro, well, these people came from these other places and they were just missing the information. So we, ha ha ha, jokingly again said, yo, wouldn't it be cool if we did like 13 cities on a tour? We created a GoFundMe where we could raise money for these things and offset the price of it for everyone. We'll do 13 cities, like the first 13 colonies. It'll be cool. Let's say we raise $25,000 to offset the price of everything, and then we'll be good. We did that. We hit that goal. Wow. And everybody was like, yo, you're a horrible person because you didn't even come to our town. And we was like, well, no, we just was trying to do like 13. This thing started as one event. And every so often people were like, no, you got to do more. So then we did more cities. Then we said, okay, we, we, we did it. And then people were like, man, that's crazy. You only go to big cities. You don't come to small towns. And we were like, well, damn. So then we said, yo, why don't we just do every state in the country? So we started doing that and we were hitting goals, 150,000. And mind you, I, and I, I have to say this now every time, we gave the money away. It wasn't like we, we like, raise the money and then went as we raised two three four thousand dollars okay let's let's hit one or two cities wait 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 so, so we, we so already i th I thought you were supposed to take money that gets donated and buy really nice mansions with it right right you didn't do that i got this thing all the way backwards <laughs> <laughs> so we gave that we gave all of the money away and but in a good way and we you know we started doing this thing and, and we were just, people were just like, yo, you should just make the goal like a million dollars. And that way you can buy a building outright. You'll have always have a flagship location in your city. You can still do the classes for free and you'll have some money to do the classes. And after getting the goal to like 150, 200,000 and hitting those goals faster every time, we just say, yo, let's just make it a million. And last year we made it a million and now we're at, I think maybe like $435,000. And we just, the, the beauty of it is we just got an anonymous donor. That's like, listen, I'm going to help you get over the million dollar mark. If you guys can reach half of, actually, I got the numbers right here. The, the amount that we still have left is like $565,713. Half of that is $282,806. If you can hit the $282,000, I'll match you. And then I'll get you over the, the top. So the donor, we, you know, with the, with the uh, Solutionary Summit being the deadline for that, which is September the 3rd, saying all of this to say, we just started traveling around the country, informing people in um, mostly left-leaning cities or dominant, dominated by Democrat cities, 
because they're usually hand to hand with the most violence and the most gun control. Yeah. So we go to those areas, we give those classes, and uh, that's pretty much what it morphed into. It wasn't really a hard transition for me because I was already going to these places selling my own music independently. Um, I was already, you know, had relationships with some of the guys and, and folks there anyway. And so I was like, all right, well, this is kind of like I'm going to hang out with my friends. I'm going to do a class. And then media started happening. And so now our days are just like doing media, communicating and linking up with cool people, chopping it up um, and trying to get to this million dollar goal because we, we got a building. Uh, we'll be opening up a center in Philadelphia soon. And we got to, you know, knock it down like that's 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 the goal. So in a nutshell, um, that's what Black Guns Matter is. That's how we came to be. And that's currently where we are. Nice, man. So shout out to that anonymous donor who's who's going to be doing that match. That's amazing. Whoever you yeah. are, you're probably not listening to this. But if you are, that's amazing. Um, if so, I'm going to post it and they 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 follow me, actually. They they um their company's worth like 100 M's. So like it's not really a big deal, but. I try to those relationships, though the people that have donated bigger amounts of money, they usually are people that just like watch the social media world and see what see what I'm doing. And they're like, okay, this dude's like, I could I could get it in the beginning, you know, everybody's watching to see, are you just gonna pop up with a Bentley? Like, are you just gonna, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But after a while of people seeing years of us doing this work, they they feel more. Um, confident that you know I'm a, I've been a good steward over the bread. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't think I don't think many people at this point have any doubts about that. Um, yeah. I, I want to touch on a premise that is really like fundamental to everything you do, and you've yeah. said it multiple times, right? And that is that all gun control is racist. Can yep. you can you expound on that a little bit? Like, where does that come from? Because yeah. obviously, you know, I've done my research. I know kind of where that comes from historically. But for those listening. When you say all gun control is racist, you truly mean that, right? Yeah. I don't mean it like he wore a MAGA hat or I disagree with him, so he's racist. That's bullshit. Right. Um, they disagree with me, so therefore they are racist. Nah. There are there are, racism like is real. Like 100%. it's like a real thing. And I don't mean like, like you just don't like me. I mean like you will create legislation to support your biased view towards whatever ethnic group that you think is inferior. That has happened in our nation's history, you know, not, not, not a bunch of times, but more so in certain areas that have persisted for a long time. And so, gun control is, is one of them, right? Yeah. And so gun control was literally started like out the gate was like, hey, black people cannot have guns. Like it started in the slave, before 1776, this existed. The slave codes, the black codes, even when certain um, states, certain states like North Carolina amended their state constitution. It was initially paraphrasing, hey, every all men can have guns. Then it was like, er, all white men can have guns. You know what I'm saying? So like, these are race-based things. And I think Sometimes on the right, we tend to like, because we get beat up by the left a lot in the form of like, oh, everything is racist. And it's like, nah, everything isn't racist. But some things have been interwoven for so long that now that it's expanded to include a bunch of people, now you think it's not. Right. You know, that's the equivalent of me saying like, 
if I was like doing something dastardly to one group of women, like let, rape is the most heinous shit, right? If I was like, yo, I'm gonna rape all Spanish women. Cause I think that they don't deserve, and I'm gonna try to do the worst thing to them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rape Spanish women cause I'm racist towards Spanish women. Then after a while, I'm raping all of the Spanish women. I don't go to jail. It's just like, and then, or I could even make it like a law where it's like, okay to rape Spanish women. Somehow I get that much power. Then I decided to go, well, you know, those Asians are a bit sketchy too. And then I start raping Asian women. And then over time, I just, for my own bias or whatever the fuck's wrong with me, I group every ethnic group under, it's okay for me to rape you or, you know, even if it's not okay, I just do it to every group. I'm still a rapist. It doesn't make it right. And it's still, my original premise was these Spanish women are inferior to me. So it's racist. Just because you group other people in doesn't change right. the fact that it's wrong, nor does it mean like, you know, people that are now grouped and with it should get offended because I'm calling it based on what it actually was. So I give that extreme example to give people, because I've had guys like, Second Amendment dudes is funny. Like I can show you historically, even the Gun Control Act was like, yo, we got to stop these crazy, at the time, Italians were the undesirables and they're all in the mafia. Right. So, you know, so we got to like stop full auto or some shit like that. Like these things were all based in a, towards a particular ethnic group. The first federal gun grab, wounded knee, the massacre, indigenous people, you know, native to these lands. So these are race-based objectives. Now, the problem is... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Because we all care about the nation that we live in, we all care for and love our countrymen and countrywomen. When somebody from the left is always calling everything racist, we have almost like a defensive knee-jerk reaction to it. Mm -hmm. We go like, it's almost like, you know, especially like white dudes. It's like, they're, 
they're calling you. You got a beard. You're absolutely in the fucking clan, oh, like dude. in their mind. Look at me. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they go like the left and it'd be white people on the left doing it and saying it. Dude, it's it's for, like not to cut you off, man, but like 99% of the time it's a white person calling right. me a racist. Like, I'm like, you know nothing about me. It's the like, weirdest thing in the on. world. It's so weird. And so I'm like, just me looking at it, I'm like, all right, I can understand why we on the right then sometimes become defensive. Yeah. You know, Second Amendment guys would be like, man, everybody's impacted by gun control. And I'm like, yes. And I give that example and they're like, oh, oh, okay, I see. It's no different than like, we can all agree at this point that the CIA dropped crack off in black communities first. That's not like rocket science at this point. Like that's, they're making TV shows about the shit now. It's not- the it's CIA would never do anything sketchy. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right, right. Like at all. <laughs> never. And so, but okay, that was the that was the test market. Now we see um, fentanyl. Now we see the opioid crisis. That's predominantly in white, crystal meth. That's predominantly in white communities now. They just use the black communities as test markets and like the rollout team and then expand it because power wants more power. So gun control fits that same um, situation. But then you go, okay, well, what's the outcome? Because, okay, if, if, if I'm a racist, let's say if I'm a racist dude, and I'm like, hey, we don't want your kind in here, right? And at that time, that was socially acceptable to say, we don't want your kind in here. Insert whatever group of people. Now it's not socially acceptable to say that. So now I still don't want your kind in there. I do specific things financially, socially, culturally to keep you away. And the outcome is still the same. You run that same play on gun control. Currently, the people that are impacted most negatively by gun control are black and brown communities. Again, for that same possession charge, for this, for that, not robbers and rapists, not guys robbing people and unjustified killers, just having the gun. Hence me four or five years ago going, my friends are all catching the same case in different parts of the country. It's targeting black communities that are predominantly Democrat. Hence why we said we got to go into that demographic first, where it's needed the most to one, inform the people to get them to buy guns. We had a stated purpose of we want black America to be the largest, newest uh, gun buying demographic. We accomplished that in March of 2019. Yeah. Not because we're like, you know what I mean? Like we just want the black people to shoot everybody else. No, it's, this is where the, 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 the matrix was working the hardest. So we got to work the hardest to reverse engineer that. And so explaining that concept of, of, of gun control being racist under those examples is a simple way of showing people like, yo, it started here and the outcome is still black and brown people are going to get locked the most up for guns. You go to areas of, of California, it's predominantly black and Mexican. You cannot get a license to carry, but you start making your way to OC. Brentwood, Beverly Hills, they're giving them out like hotcakes. This is another example of that. And indeed, so they may not be able to say, we don't want you to have guns. We don't want your kind in here, but the outcome is still similar. And explaining that to people that um, want to receive it also shows that, hey, our fates are now intertwined. This Second Amendment, these like Biden absolutely has been racist in his policies targeting the Black community for half a century. However, that motherfucker's not going to stop there. David Chipman, if he's in, you know, at the head of the ATF, 
He's not. He was killing motherfuckers in Waco. He wasn't waiting for them to be black or not. Dude, so our fates scary. are intertwined there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That guy, man, it's crazy to me. Just so first off, um, I wanted to ask what do so when you have that conversation with people on the left? What is their response to that when you approach gun control from that perspective? Because I, I would think that that's the first time a lot of them have ever heard it that way. So is there kind of a moment where they're like, oh, shit, or like, do yep. they push back on you? What is the response you get? The, the, the irony, the people that push back are usually um, like FUD type dudes. <laughs> really? You know what I'm yeah, yeah, I know it, what you mean. FUD dudes, because they don't want to look at the conversation of race. Yeah. Everything in America is not race based. But some key elements have been. That's just the reality. Bro. I hate how uncomfortable people get with conversations about race. Right. Like, and that, it's like, and that's, that's bro, what kind you scared of, of? I'm not calling you the fucking clan exactly. member. Like, what like, the fuck? Why can't a white guy and a black guy just sit down and talk about racial issues? It's like, my, like my so my um, significant other is a person of color. And, yeah. you know, we talk about it all the time. She's like, man, you know, white people are just afraid to say stuff around me. It's like... You know, it's weird. It's this tension that doesn't need to exist, but a lot of it has been created and perpetuated by, right. unfortunately, the media, the left, you right. know, and so you find yourselves like, oh, can we talk about this? Can we not? It's like, man. The, I, the irony is a lot of white people, in my experience, are doing it. Their fear is based in, I don't want to be offensive. Right, right. I want to be a good person. Right. right? So I'm terrified to say anything. Right. Yeah. Right. And that I could work with that. Yeah. That part is easy. It's like, come on, bro. Like, let's just talk. It, it ain't that deep. That's easy. Usually the, the pushback is from the dude that's completely ignorant and arrogant at the same time. That's a bad like I've had Second Amendment guys make entire when I had the cover of Recoil magazine in January. I got all of these guys. Oh, you guys are trying to be fake woke. And it's like, no, bro. Because the cover, it had me with a shirt saying all gun control is racist. And it's like, no, bro. Like a few things actually are. This happens to be one of them. And if we can galvanize around that, we can almost stop leftist politicians from using that as a talking point. Because they're terrified. They say, we're not racist. We're not racist. We're not racist. You guys can't push for more racist gun control policies. Simple. But those guys get so nervous because it's like, A, you're harboring some biased fucking shit in your own mind and you don't want it to be exposed. And that's fine. I don't give a shit. I want people to be as racist or as tolerant as they want to be. That's what freedom dictates. Where, where it breaks the line for me is when you try to create legislation to support your bigotry. I don't, voluntary association, you don't like the niggers, the spicks, the crackers, the devils, the Jews. I, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. Don't try to put that shit into legislation because that's all, you know, when racism has power is when the state sanctions it. Right. So those guys that have a little bit, they fall in those categories. They, they're a little nervous because they got some bias and they trying to deflect hmm. or they just haven't really had somebody explain it to them that way. The FUDs, they on that end. The people from um urban america that are more on the left because fuds usually aren't on the left fuds is usually on the right those people they know that i'm in the community that they're from i'm in it with them it feels right 
and they know I don't have, listen, I got every fucking gun. I don't have to, you're not, you're not going to take my gun. So I, I'm putting you on the game. I'm, I already know this stuff. And yeah. I don't have, I don't really have a dog in a fight. Cause I openly say I break all of the unconstitutional mandates or statutes. I don't follow any of them. They're not the Supreme law of the land. I carry a gun in Chicago. I do not have a license to carry or a FOIA card in Chicago. I carry a gun in New York City. When I go do Fox, I'm tweet, hey, I got my gun. I'm about to do fucking Fox. I'm walking into Rupert Murdoch's building right now when I have a fucking gun. Like, I'm not, there's no, like, hiding about that with me. So because of that, I don't have a, if I go to jail and for, like, a full auto, if I go to jail and catch a felony for that shit, I'm going to come home. I'm still going to have fucking guns. I'm still going to have guns. I'm one of the most safe and responsible people with guns that I know. With that being the case, they know that I don't have a dog in the fight of trying to convince them because I'm, I'm already going to have what I have. When I say it to them from a perspective of, damn, bro, I didn't know that you trust the government that much. Ooh, and they yeah. go like, what like, the fuck do you mean? I don't yeah. fuck with the government. I'm like, well, you have to. You trust that they're going to come, like, save you. No, no, no. You know the cops don't come. They come slow as shit in our neighborhood. Da, 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 da. Right. So why would you wait for them to get there if the bad guys did? Exactly. And do you really think that when they show up, their job is like, they have no obligation to protect you? And they're like, people in the hood get it. they like, damn, that's true. And then when I show, like, you know, and gun control was designed to stop us from having the means to protect ourselves. It's, it's almost, it's undefeated. You can't argue against it. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um, so it's the three-prong effect, really. It's empathy, not pandering. It's just empathy. Like, look, you live where you live, bro. Like, my finances, if I wanted to go move to Hawaii, I could just, I wouldn't because Hawaii's fucking anti-gun. But <laughs> the point, though, is, oh, and I still might because I could still move to Hawaii and I'd still have fucking guns. It'd just be more nerve-wracking constitution still exists right and so empathy as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the situation, the fact 
after we've developed empathy is the second phase. If you jump to facts with people that don't know that you care yet, facts are cold. You know what I mean? You haven't built any warmth or any rapport with the person yet. They don't have to really listen to your facts. You you hear that, Ben Shapiro? (laughs) Ben Shapiro. That whole, like, facts don't care about your feelings thing. Okay, how's that been working out for the conservative movement with all of the facts in the world? Here we are, Biden administration, so. Mr. Feelings and Dementia himself. Dude. You know what I'm saying? And so after we get the empathy, then we can share the facts with them. Then we all come up with the solution together. That is how people on the left generally are very receptive. Listen, man, we had a major hand in making all, don't get me wrong, the government was so shitty that they helped a lot of black people like go like, yo, I need to buy a gun. But we did a lot of the heavy lifting that went into black people in America, black American folk going to buy guns in record numbers. Some these videos that I've done have seen shit, 20, 10, 30, 40, 50 million people. Yeah. And if there's five million people that's like, yo, fuck that. I saw this dude saying this black gun shit, and they're gonna go buy guns and they're gonna start getting trained. And if we did that with only four hundred and thirty thousand dollars, it, it speaks to two things. One. What has the fucking organizations that have raised 10, 20, 30 millions of dollars, what the fuck have you guys been doing? And two, it makes you go like, if you have a receptive or an audience that you can communicate with and speak to instead of trying to talk down on, they will be receptive. And if you lead with that freedom of like, yo, you can listen to everything I say right now and still don't want a fucking gun, I'm still going to come hang out at your house. I'm still going to respect you as a person. That that approach um, later on, I mean, I remember when they first announced the shutdowns last March and I got, I mean, I was giving away ammo. Like, I'm talking about like, I was walking around with like bags of these, right? And like baggies, like that was the brick. And I was like, people was calling me like, yo, Maj, I know you told me to, but you know, like you, you got any ammo? Yo, I'm gonna come bring you like 30 rounds right now. Yo, I'm gonna don't worry about it. I got just, just you know, donate later or some shit yeah. like. Like I was giving away ammo like it was the trap house. That's because the people that we were reaching or talking with and sharing this information with, when they didn't immediately jump and agree with us, we was like, no, nah, that's cool. We get it. Let's meet here. If I respect your right to not have a gun. Can we at least agree that you'll respect my right to have one? And they, everybody's like, yo, that's that's fair, bro. Then later on, when the government's like, yo, the police ain't coming, and we letting motherfucking rapists out of jail, and um, you non-essential. That, that conversation plays back, and they like, damn, who had my back and was trying to tell me something about this a while back? That empathy and that understanding of where people are, because left media has done a very good job is a thing that the conservative and liberty-based movement or on the right could get a lot better at. And we've shown that approach actually works and we have tangible results. The next phase is, is that gonna be scalable and transferable into now that we got all these black people to buy guns, now can we start shifting voting patterns away from the dominant democratic party? And that, you know, that remains to be seen, but long story short, which I failed to do, that's in essence um, how that conversation generally goes 
when I'm talking to somebody from the left and the the results are, you know, are across the nation speaking for themselves. Yeah. It's such a it's such a unique approach. And that was what attracted me to your stuff initially. And I I don't even know how we like linked up on Instagram. I think I tagged you when somebody was coming at me about the Second Amendment and mm-hmm. and I was like, I think they were saying the Second Amendment, um, I can't even remember, but I tagged like you and, and Colian Noir. I was like, look at these guys' content, you know, because yeah. it was something about the Second Amendment and race. I can't remember what it was. And I was like, all right, yeah. this person needs to see Maj's stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that's how we linked up. But um, it, I love the approach. And, and um, you know, it, it makes so much sense when you when you talk about it from that angle. And another person I'm a big fan of, I don't know her actual name, but her Instagram is Stilettos and Shotguns. And she's like, yeah. she talks about, you know, how same thing from the perspective of females. Like, yeah. if you're a true feminist, uh, you should support the Second Amendment. You should support a female's right to defend themselves, right? Yep. And it's actually, you know, she comes from the angle of it's mis- basically misogynistic to say like, hey, you know, you can't, you can't arm yourself, right? Like I made her first run of all gun control is sexist shirts. Did you really? Oh, yeah. that's awesome. I, I love, she, I love her to death. I want to get her on. I was, well. I was in Seattle with her a year or some change ago when I found out Nipsey had got murdered and I, we were eating at some restaurant or some bar. We was like, I was getting ready to come back to Philly. I was out there for a class and hung out. And um, and that's when I found out, and I, I just fucking broke down because I was like, damn, here's a guy that changed his life around, is doing it right, showing entrepreneurialism, and he got mur- and I was mad too because it was like, you know, Nip clearly had turned his life around, but now and he's hiring felons, guys that have done their time, but none of them can lawfully carry. So maybe if everybody knew that they had guns and armed security details with the homies around. Maybe that guy wouldn't have attempted what he did and unfortunately cost Nip his life. Right. You know, so it was a lot of emotions going on around that time. And like you said, though, that approach is just. It's just from a place of like. Yo, I love I'm a people person like I'm famous. That shit means nothing like like legit, like I'm a people person. And I'm like, oh man, this dude's cool. And like, not many people know, like I love bodybuilding, right? And so I'm like, oh, this dude's cool. I'm definitely gonna ask him shit about calves because my calves is bitch made right now. <laughs> yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, I can send this is where workout. my mind goes. Yeah. And so I'm just like, yo, and they pro gun, hell yeah. But the empathy of humility, not, not saying you're not allowed to be confident, but the the empathy approach from a perspective of I love humanity, I love our countrymen and our country women, and I'm genuinely afraid. I'm afraid of the power that artificial intelligence, um, these algorithms, um, these um, so-called big tech companies. I'm afraid of the direction that they're like to the point of no return that they're like making people or manipulating people's intelligence to being so polarized. But then you go outside when you're in like those middle America countries and people are just like living their life. It's like, yeah, yeah cool. Like you want some coffee? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. these are the things that lead us 
to make very, or at least me, I'm a translator. When I was in high school, I played point guard. I was a point guard. I can, what I do determines what all of the other nine players on the court do. The four that's on my team and the five that's on defense. The way for us to win is I don't even have to score unless I have to score. The way for me to score is for me to let all of my players see the floor the same way that I see it and dish the rock. That empathetic perspective and understanding of each person's role. Tall guys sometimes hate being tall because everybody's like, oh, do you play basketball? You know, short guys hate being short because it's like, oh, you're so short. Just leading people with an understanding of what their struggles are, right, wrong, or indifferent, and just trying to make them feel a little bit more whole. That, that concept of love and genuine care for your, your country, man, I'm not talking about our government. I fucking hate this government. I hate it. And it's like, that is what makes the approach so much easier. And my job as a point guard is also a job as like very simply, you know, Jesus spoke in parables. Yo, make it simple, bro. Make it, don't come to a beginner talking about fucking melanite coating and twist rates and fucking like, they don't know what the fuck that means. They, we, they don't, we have a whole different language. We have a whole different language and we just have to remember that and just putting, putting empathy first and, and, and at the same time, not empathy to the point where you're making, you know, excuses for a person. You know what I'm saying? I saw one of your posts where you like, yeah, your calves don't fucking grow. Okay. Cause you don't fucking blast your calves. Like you got to accept that three days out of the week, you're not going to really be able to walk in the beginning. Like yeah. you're going to be doing the stiff walk for a minute. And if you're not willing to do that, I can have all of the empathy in the world for you. Okay, you got black guy calves. Your calves are higher up in your leg. Cool, I get it. But if you want them bitch, Phil Heath got motherfucking calves, so. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, it's yeah. possible. Yeah. You know, so. Not empathy to the point where we're making excuses for people or allowing them to make excuses, but having empathy for where they currently are and being open enough to, to, to applesauce them 
you know, and baby food them to the next level and to the next level to they able to stand on their own. That's how we win. And well, that's how I've been winning. Yeah. No, I, I love that approach, man. And and I mean it's clearly working, right? Like I was I was looking at some footage of you, you know, in in uh, right after George Floyd, you know, boots on the ground doing trainings, you know, right right there where everything happened, and you know, people are receptive to that. And yeah. I think one thing that that also right. doesn't get talked about enough in the two A conversation that really drives people crazy who are anti gun is how much violence defensive use of your firearm prevents, right? Like. And and I think that that is like huge also for the black community, because it's like like you said, with with Nipsey's security detail, if people knew they were armed, you know, who knows. Right. And so I think I think a lot of people don't talk about that enough. The how much violence guns prevent, you know, like people are polite as hell in, in, in states where, you know, anybody could be carrying. Right. And, and you see the exact opposite in these cities yep. where. They have the strictest gun laws. Uh, would the, you say the, anything about that? The funny thing about that is having a gun, like I've carried a gun pretty much since I was like 15, 16. My mom didn't see me with a firearm until like a year or two after Black Guns Matter was like a thing. Wow. Like I drove cars without a driver's license since I was like 15. Doing these things in a manner, I don't want my mom to catch me with a gun. I don't want the police to catch me without a license. You become a master of safety. You become a, I'm driving the speed limit. Right. I'm not doing <laughs> nothing reckless type of person. So it's the same concept. It's like, yo, bro, I don't, I don't even in any way, shape, or form am I gonna like be irresponsible with this thing, you know? And so because you start thinking about it that way, you start thinking about even as a lawful gun owner, you go, hey, I don't know if the police officers that pull me over are, I don't know if they're pro-gun, if they're anti-gun, because it's both. I want to limit my interaction with law enforcement. I got a fucking honey badger in my vertex book bag. They gonna think they may think I'm gonna shoot up a fucking school. They have no idea. So I'm gonna be so cautious and polite and respectful because I don't want to engage anyone that could go in the direction of that. And the opposite is, and like you said, in those other cities, it's like, well, I don't give a fuck. They they aren't even thinking about the outcome. Like yeah. my man used to say, like, yo, youngins go into a, a, like your bathroom and lock yourself in the bathroom with no phone for 23 hours in one day. And then you get to be out for one hour. That's what's gonna happen to you if you catch your body. You're gonna have isolation for 23 hours and you might get an hour of rec time outside. So the concept of people even recognizing that I shoot somebody or discharge around, I'm probably gonna go to jail. That concept of the lack of understanding of what goes into something is something that we break at Black Guns Matter. We go, hey, worst case scenario, even in, in a lawful self-defensive shooting, worst case scenario, this may happen. Best case scenario, this may happen. So we want you to we want you to train to mitigate and lean towards the best case scenario on everything. That makes you think about everything. When you're a gun owner, you can't you think about the clothes that you wear. You think about 
Damn, man, I, I don't know, man. I, these board shorts, I don't I, I don't know what my board short like holster is. I don't I don't fucking know. You think about this shirt, man. It's, it fits good, but when I do this, it raises up a little mm -hmm. bit. I don't want to scare anybody because yeah. they might just see my appendix carry. You just start thinking about so many things. Then you start thinking about, damn, man, if somebody if there is a shooting, damn, what can can if I get hit, can I apply a tourniquet to myself? Damn, do I have med kit in my car? Up, up, up. It just makes you a more thoughtful, and not necessarily like nice, but just more thoughtful. You think more things. Yeah. Which more is aware. right. Yeah. And so the guys that are hiding the gun that aren't thinking about these things is just it, it changes some of the dynamic to a certain extent. And I contend that if we do that more um we have reductions in crime so for example when we first did black guns matter most of our classes were in in 2016 before we started going on a tour we did all our classes in philly but when the stats came out i say this point all of the time because it's really a point of honor for me prime that it had, had since 1979 all we did was gun safety Basic sight alignment, sight picture, blah, 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 and conflict resolution. Then we start going on a tour. We've been on the tour for however many years, for, you know, just hitting all of these cities. Every year that we weren't in Philly doing massive classes, that violent crime rate crept up every single year. So there's something to be said for that. And, you know, Fortunately, we've had some schools that took the risk. These things show progress. That's a goal with this donor because we're going to buy that building outright, man. We're going to have a lot of resources to, to put into Philadelphia because I'm going to try to be off the road as much and just be in Philly. Philly's homicide rate over the last weekend, we had 110 shootings. 110 shootings over the weekend. We need an outlet where these come learn. Um, we have a um, putting up in there. And I'm going to reach out to some of the dudes that got issues. Like, look, bro, you got issues. It's probably about money. Y'all going to shoot it out on this laser simulator. Whoever lose got to give up 80% of whatever the bread was. Whoever wins, take 80% of the bread and the 20%, we're going to put it back into the community. And y'all can still hustle, do y'all thing, but just don't do the shootings. Just don't do the shootings. We can reduce violent crime in our cities with a thorough strategy for um, addressing these issues by making these men better shooters and better thinkers and more aware. And in doing so, we can then roll that out to all of these major centers across the country. The trick, though, is in the beginning, we got to finance it all ourselves, because even though city council in Philadelphia is sitting on $10 million in so-called nonviolence uh, violence prevention money, they've done nothing. They've done nothing with it. And I think that there's some, some room and some opportunity for us to use Philly as the litmus test in that regard again. Um, and, and it would, a, a concentrated effort, but I, I think we can do it. So yeah, the contradiction is clear when there's more, um, respect for the second amendment and safe and responsible gun owners, 
it's less violent crime. And like you said, when it's not, it's, it, it's literally quite the opposite. Yeah, that that's always really puzzled me, man, how that's not just so obvious to people. And you hear things like, oh, they're getting it from neighboring states and all this stuff. Indiana. It's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, but go to those states and why isn't the crime there, right? Like, come on. Like, it's it's like when Fauci said, oh, yeah, Texas and Florida release their mask mandates and their numbers are great, but that's that's just because the states with the masks aren't listening and they're not using their masks like they should. It's like, dude, you can do these mental gymnastics all day long, but we see right through that. You know, we're, we're not. Yo, did you see... Did you see um, Dr. Rand Paul roast oh him today? Oh, my God, dude. Yes, today. Like, oh, my God. Fauci looked like he was about to wet himself, man. <laughs> that that was intense. I, I, I love mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, you, you have moments like that, and then, of course, nothing ever happens. But every time I see stuff, I'm like, how can you deny that, right? Like, I don't know, man. I feel like this guy the the walls are closing in it's like people are starting to think wait a second you you could have created this whole thing like it's a very real possibility that you're the reason this whole thing happened you know and so i god bless Rand paul for for continuing to push man i i saw that right before i jumped on with you actually a humble brag Rand paul thomas massey justin amash and Ron Paul all follow me on Twitter. Oh, dude, that's pretty epic. I look, I got the fucking infinity stones of liberty, bro. <laughs> yeah, you do, man. You do. I just started getting active on Twitter. Like my Twitter is pathetic, but um it and I don't know, man. Twitter is like one of those things where I can only do a little bit of it at a time and yeah. I got to step away, you know. Twitter Twitter is the 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 candy at the checkout aisle. At the grocery store. It really you, is. You just boop, 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 and I'm out. I can't, I'm not, I'm not shopping here. I'm yeah. just grabbing this little thing. I yeah. started doing that on Instagram too, man. Like Joe Rogan calls it posting ghost. Like I've started doing yeah. that. Like I'll put my post out. Like I said what I want to say. And I'm going to step away for a little bit, spend some time with yeah. my daughter, do, you know, whatever yeah. I'm doing. And then I'll go look, you know, have a look. Because I do want to reply to people, you know, but yeah. like I, I can't be sitting there all day long. Like whew. it's too toxic. It's yeah, too it toxic, is. and it's in your world. It's gonna be. It's in the same in every world. It's like if I see a dude, and not to keep you know, but you understand bodybuilding. You see a guy with a great physique. Me, I'm gonna go, bro. What are you doing for X, Y, Z? Is it were you just born that way? Is it ba 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 ba? Me, if I look at my shoulders, my shoulders will get big. It doesn't matter. Like my calves, I have to do insane. Now my legs will be stronger, Yeah. but to get more definition and gain, it's going to be a different thing. Now that's me, right? I'll ask the question. I'll go apply what this person told me. I won't tell them shit about what I think because clearly what the fuck you think doesn't matter and it doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah. in that world, Instagram and Twitter and social media is like, everybody's going to tell you what you should be doing to get your gains. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and then a lot of times, and I'm talking about when I would be in the gym regular, I'm talking about like two times a day, I'm doing refeeds, I'm doing like I'm water. I'm like, damn, I'm figuring out, damn, bro, maybe I should do my cardio at night right before I go to bed, like that type of shit. Yeah. And so 
I'm talking about like eating eight times a day type shit. Like motherfuckers is like, are you like training for something? I'm like, nah, man, I just like this shit. Life. I would be having these conversations and then I would go or I would post something and the person that's giving me this critique, I would go look at their physique <laughs> and I would be like, yeah. well, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like man. what? Dude, I, you know, it's so easy to fall in that trap and I try so hard not to like fall into talk, basically talking shit about people, especially how they look. <laughs> but man, I've had so many moments where somebody's telling me I'm, I'm not doing it right. Or I should do this this way or do that that way. And I've done it a couple times, but you know, my, my can response is, I tell you what, when I want to look like you, I'll do it that way. Yeah. But I like looking like me and I'm going to keep doing it my way, you know? Right. But it's like, you're so right. People, for one, there's no consequence for being wrong, right? Like everybody's got a megaphone. Everybody's just going to give you their opinion no matter what. And it ultimately, yes, I agree. It's toxic. Like you've got to moderate that stuff, dude. You got to, um, it's like junk food. Like exactly like you said, it's like junk food for your brain. Yep. And to me, it's just like, if I didn't figure out a way to make fun of it and like find my own laughs, yeah, you know what I'm saying? It it would be and you know, don't be a goofy. Being a bitch is un-American. No marshmallows. Like these things would be happening so much that I would like come up with catchphrases, yeah. and then everybody else would laugh at it, and then it becomes a teachable moment. Like, hey, bro, are are you being a bit of a marshmallow right now? Like these are the things. Like if you can't turn it into something, plus like. For me, like, I've been in three shootouts, right? After somebody tries to kill you, like, a lot of this shit is, like, loud music at best. Yep. Like, it's just like, or it's like, you know how, like, in that cartoon back in the day, Charlie Brown, like, when they would listen to their teacher, they'd be like, wah, 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 wah. That's all I could really hear now. It's like, I, I can't even, I can't even, you know, and, 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 and seeing that similarity, the Second Amendment community, the bodybuilding community, the, the uh, conscious community, the liberty, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a human theme of people, like you said, having that megaphone, like all the time, I'll tweet, I'll be in a person's city that said they had an issue with me. And I'll say, my exact location is... Uh, I don't know, the Dunkin' Donuts on 13th Street. I'll get there at 9.28. I'm leaving at 10.45. I'm going to have coffee. I'm wearing a white shirt that says, in the war on masculinity. I'll tweet this shit out. And one person in five years of doing it actually came out. And it was the guy that... uh, (laughs) Yeah, how did that go? It was great. Yeah. It was great. And he was, he was like, he said, I said, yo, man, I see you're in Philly. I'm in Philly. I live in Philly. I'm in Philly right now. Let's meet. He was like, I was like, where do you live? I'll come to you. I'm not telling you where I live. I said, well, DM it to me. He was like, well, I'll meet you at the, uh, it was a coffee shop, uh, the Green Line Trolley Company or something like that. I go there, I park, he's there. We sit and I'm like, listen, bro, we're saying the same thing. You're missing context. You can't hear how I'm saying it and the energy that I'm saying it with via this text in the form of a Twitter. 
And we talked and had coffee for like a, like a half hour. Then afterwards, he, we made a video, bullshit you not. And he was like, yo, I, I, Maj offered me to come out. I came out. We actually didn't disagree on much. And I, I, I have respect for you. And I, I posted it. That was one dude out of, Five I don't years. know, hundreds. Yeah. Now, my point in that is, it's like, okay, on a good day of me being in the gym, I can, my personal flat bench press, personal best is, I can get 300 up. I'm, be, I'm in the 300 club. Cool. I weigh 185, 90 pounds. That's respectable. So, okay, for Huh? That's respectable. Right. That's respectable for me. Right. And, yeah. and as, so it's like, all right, cool. Now getting in there consistently. And I've been thinking about, I want to take some juice. I, I say it openly. I'm thinking about taking steroids. I watched this documentary called um, bigger, stronger, faster. Yeah. And it kind of like changed my mind on the shit. By Chris like Long. I was like, Oh no, that's horrible. But then I'm like, well, I don't know. Even my concept of HGH and, all of this stuff has just been challenging. But anywho, if my personal best at not working out consistently, meaning once to twice a day, four to five days a week, if my personal best is 305, cool, bro. That's for me. If you can meet me at the gym and do that as well, then I'm more inclined to listen to you. But when you say these things and then you don't show up. Yeah. But that's the internet, man. That's that's social media. It's like, that's why I love this. I love long form conversations with people. And I invite people on all the time who disagree with me. Mm. And kind of like your story, people don't want to, you know, they don't want to do it. Like, I, more than once, I've, I've said, look, I'm not going to do this back and forth on comments. I tell you what, why don't you come on my podcast? We'll talk about it. And more than once when I've done that, they've blocked me. Yep. <laughs> it's like, what? You know, come on. Right. It, it's crazy, but. Well, all right. So let me ask you. Yeah. In your world, in the bodybuilding world, what, what is like your, your personal peak and pit, like the shit that you love the most and the shit that you just like, oh my God, oh my God. In any form, is it like the hate, the love, the internet? Like what is your peak and your pit to you? Yeah. I mean, for me, it's definitely like the. Like I was saying before, like the form police or the people telling me like, oh, you you know, that's you shouldn't train that way. You should train this way. Like, that's mm. my biggest pet peeve is like, mm. you know, especially when you go look at them and they're clearly they have no clue what they're talking about. Like, yeah. and honestly, that's my pet peeve in pretty much all areas of life. Right, people who right. who talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Basically, yeah. I mean, my favorite thing is is just getting in the gym cranking the headphones up, to, like just having everything else melt away. I mean, yeah. it's truly my meditation. Like it's so yeah. much more mental for me than physical yeah. at this point in my life. I've trained 18 years. Like I don't yeah. care about being the most jacked dude. I don't, I'm not trying to do a competition. Like it's, it's my mental reprieve from, you know, being a dad, being a business owner, social yeah. media stuff, you know, everything else, relationship stuff. Like, when I get in that gym, dude, it's like, it's me and the weights and that's it. And like, I've had to deal with, you know, the bigger the podcast has gotten and stuff like, so this studio is upstairs at the gym. 
And so, you know, people want to talk to me when I'm in the gym and it's just a, a byproduct of being in the fitness world, right. Of putting right. out fitness content, of being a fitness coach. And, you know, sometimes I'll catch myself like trying to, you know, trying to breeze through a conversation really quick, like, you know, mm. and get to my next set because I am, on, I'm on a mission. It's like my hour of mental escape, yeah. Yeah. but then I have to have a conversation with myself and say, wait a second, like you need to talk to this person because this is what you do. You know, this is yeah. who you are. This isn't just, you know, you working out, you're not by yourself. There's people around. And so I do, I have, I stop and I'll talk to people and, and all of that. But like, as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I have to catch myself because I get in a zone. I get in a mode where like for so long, it has been like a drug for me, you know, it's just like, I'll go crazy if I can't work out and, you know, I'll cut the caffeine. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like you guys have to live such a business owners. Like you got the whole trifecta. You, you almost have to live a very self-absorbed. Sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not, not self-absorbed in like a negative, like I, I'm the best, everybody look at me, but just like a, yo, I have to eat. Like mm-hmm. I, I can't, I don't, I can't go. I, I, I am I the billboard. I am the right. billboard, right? Like right. if I don't train, if I don't eat right, like I become that person that I hate that's trying mm. to tell people what to do and don't embody that way of life. Yeah. You know? And yeah. and if I'm not having the time to train or eat or whatever, like I should, then, you know, that's, that's what I love about this stuff. Like, you know, I know a lot of trainers and a lot of coaches who get so busy with coaching and training others that they let their health slide. They let their diet slide. Next thing you know, they don't even look like a trainer, yeah. you know, yeah. and you gotta, you gotta remind yourself why you got into this stuff. First and foremost, you got into it because you love it for you. Yeah. And so I can never let that get away. And, you know, I do other things too. Like I, I do nutrition coaching and stuff like that, but I have other things that I do. You know, I, I'm really into real estate investing and I do other stuff. So like, it's not all I do, but it's a big part of, of who I am and what I do. And so I have to look the part, like I just have to. 
Dave, am I gonna die if I like get like some juice? Cause I, I, I'm really thinking about it. Am I gonna die? I haven't died yet. All right, okay. <laughs> look, look, bro, I, I'm like, dude, I'm completely honest about that topic. Like, yeah. I'm an open book about it, and you know, I post about it. I've I've put yeah. Q and A's on my stories about it. It's something you should take very seriously. But you know, there's right and wrong ways of doing it. In my opinion, on it being having a libertarian perspective is like, look, I'd rather tell you the right, right ways to do it. And I'd rather you just like, just like being educated on, on, you know, responsible gun ownership. Like, let me educate you on responsible steroid use. You right. know what I mean? If you're going to use it, you're going to use it. Right. I'd rather right. you use it and know what the hell you're doing. So you don't mess yourself up for life. Right. Because that's what you can do chemically right. to your body. If, if you don't do it the right way. And so look, man, we live in a time where, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. Somehow we have stigmatized men taking a hormone that makes them more of what they already are, mm. but it's acceptable if you are a woman who decides you feel more like a man, you can take testosterone and yeah. change who you are. Right. But it's not acceptable for me to want to take more of what I already have for some reason. And it's the mm. exact same. Th it's the exact same. Yo, compound. I never thought about that shit that way. Yo. Right. Like if you're yeah. a woman, a bio, or as they use a natal woman, a, someone who's born XX female, you know, but you decide, you know, I, I deep inside, I, I really am a man. Like you're so brave. Take that testosterone. But if Dave, right, like I was born a man, I'm still a man. I want to be more of a man. Right. Like, oh, look at that juice head, meat head. How like, he shouldn't be doing How dare you? Exactly. How dare you? <laughs> and so that's that's an argument that's near and dear to my heart. It, and, and it's completely hypocritical, right? Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. And so I'm open about it. Yes, I use testosterone. You know, I've I've taken all kinds of steroids. I used to be even bigger than I am now. I've learned, you know, trial and error. Um, and, you know, I... Drugs are, again, coming from the libertarian perspective, like you, your body is your body. You do what you right. want to it, right? Right. Like I don't judge anybody for what they put in their body. It's their right. body. Yo, Yo. so that's anyway. crazy because, so I was at CPAC, right? In Dallas last week sometime, whenever that was. And Caitlyn Jenner was there. And now I'm, I'm against like, somebody telling me to use a pronoun. I'm like, yo, fuck your pronouns, bro. I'm not. Especially when you try to legislate name. it. Huh? Especially when you try to legislate it. Like, like Yeah. I'm Canada. like, bro, fuck out of here. Now, if you, if I meet you for the first time and you say, hey, my name is insert what the fuck ever. I'm going to call you that forever. Right. You want to be called this name. Cool. State your name. If your shit starts shifting every couple of 10 minutes, I'm like, yo, bro, you got to pick a nickname and stay there. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Now, I meet I, Caitlyn Jenner. I'm name fluid. Right. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm Tom and, now. Right. I meet Caitlyn Jenner, and I'm like, what's up, Caitlyn? How you? Da -da -da, chop it up for a second. Caitlyn's a fan of Black Guns Matter. I'm like, word, that's what's up. That's cool. Chopping it up. All right, cool. Let's get this picture. Let's chop it up. Bang, bang, bang. Now, I have this picture in my phone, and I'm like, I'm going to get people that just because you're in the gun community or the conservative community doesn't mean you actually understand freedom to your 
top property, which is your body. So I'm like, I actually believe in, for adults especially, freedom over everything. I do not care what you do, right. I don't care what you do with your body. Do right. it. Right. Don't care. Or if you ask me and you want to have a genuine conversation, I probably won't tell you what I think because I'll probably be asking you too many questions. I'll be like, so well, what made you in it? Because I want to understand. So I post a picture and I got so many dudes was like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm like, what's disgusting? That's a dude. Look at his hands. And I'm like, OK, I don't care. Like. Did you call him by his pronouns? I'm like, no, I called him Caitlin. And it was like, it was a great time. We had a drink, chop it up, take a picture, kick it. That's it. Still a human. Still a human. Now, yeah. where, where I draw the line is, I want people to make adult decisions for themselves. I have, in that room, I have a daughter. She's five. I'm going to support her in her decisions, but we're not doing any life altering decisions until she's old enough to make that decision for herself. At that age, hopefully I've done enough where if she's having certain questions, she'll come to me and say, yo, dad, this is what I'm thinking. What's happening with this? With this. If my daughter sees my hair that's in locks and says, I want my hair to be locked, I'll go, nope because you have to cut these out. And you may not want these in three years from now, and then you'll have to cut all of your hair off. So instead of being extreme, let's just wait until you're old enough to make that decision for yourself as a child. Once that person is an adult, freedom dictates that they have the right to do whatever they want with their body. And I, I always find it odd that the, the room that says there we are very about liberty and freedom. I don't think that we actually understand, and I, I made a video about this earlier. I don't think we understand what freedom actually means. I think we've, we've been so far away from like actual freedom. Like when you read like the, the, the Federalist Papers mm -hmm. and the Constitution, like reading the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And when you like write down, like read some of the notes that these dudes was writing down with their contradictions, no doubt. But when you read this stuff, you like, like when you read like Bastiat, like the law and these French revolutionary dudes, these dudes was like, yo, do whatever the fuck you want. Just don't fuck with nobody else shit or them. Leave people alone, That's do it. what you want. I don't think that we've tr truly lived that, especially gun owners, for a very long time. My grandfather would could tell me about times where main man could get in the Sears catalog and get the gun shipped to the crib. And it's like, damn, like I remember being younger and my grandmother used to take me to the airport in Philadelphia when we would go to the airport and walk right to the gate. And like, we would like eat yeah. and talk and we would watch airplanes like take off. And people could probably smoke cigarettes. <laughs> some, all that, and I'm like, we didn't, we didn't have a, a like a security gate. We didn't have like TSA going like, nah, bro. It would just be like, you go there, you sit down, you watch the planes take off. If you have a ticket to get on this bitch, you get on it. 
If you don't, you can't. That's it. We're, we've been so far removed from certain levels of freedom that we look at when someone is exercising their freedom, whether you disagree with it or not, when they're exercising their freedom, we look at that as somewhat of an offense to us. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, that shit don't have nothing to do with you. Like, I don't give what I do know about Caitlyn Jenner, whose phone number I have in this phone now is one, she's pro-gun. Two, she's, um, she's re related to all of the Kardashians, which means she's, I'm closer to Rihanna. That's all that means to me. <laughs> That's all that means to me. And look, and man, so you can't argue that the person, Caitlyn, I mean, doesn't know about success, about how to be right. successful in life. I mean, there's so many, I would love to have a conversation with Caitlyn Jenner. Like, and that's why I originally held up that sign. We can disagree and still be friends. It drives me crazy when I see so many people who are pro liberty and pro freedom and, but they're shitting on people, you know, left and right about personal choices that that individual has made that has no externality whatsoever. Right. And you can say, Oh, but you know, I don't want my daughter to see a transgender, you know, man or woman or whatever. And it's like, so what? But then that's just, on me as a parent to educate them, right? Like, or, or, or to monitor, like take the time mm -hmm. to monitor what your child is watching. You want to do this yeah. lazy parent thing where you want everybody else to conform to your schedule because you want to watch Netflix and you're not paying attention to what your child's watching. And I get it. The television can be a great babysitter, until it starts getting into the world where you don't want them to watch certain stuff. And I understand right. it, but that doesn't, you're not wanting to monitor your child's television choices. Doesn't mean that the adult that's putting shows on adult channels, and I don't mean like pornographic, I mean like E! News isn't like Sesame Street. Right. You know, and so the, the, the distinction becomes, now if Caitlyn Jenner would have asked me, Yo, I'm really a dude, I'm really a woman biologically, right? I would have been like, of course not, Caitlin. Right. Of and I, I don't think I don't think she would have asked you that question. Right. You know, she doesn't give a shit. Right. And right. that's the only time that I would have even offered that information if she would have somehow decided today was the day to ask Maj, hey, <laughs> you do like, and she doesn't give a fuck. She was like, yo, cool as shit. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Everybody gotta just be cool, man. And I'm, 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 again, that word, I choose my words very carefully. I am afraid. I am afraid that because we don't understand freedom and we don't, and liberty, and we don't understand like the responsibility that comes along with it, I think we're allowing the state to shape legislation that we feel like agrees with us to the, to the sacrifice of somebody else's liberty. The, that sounds cute when you're on the positive end of that interaction by the state until it's you on the other side of that. Somebody over there with a different sway or power says, yo, we're going to get behind this legislation that says they can't have full auto. They can't like beards. We believe that beards, I, and, I, and then this is an extreme thing, 
But a mother, I don't put anything past this government saying, listen, to not have grannies die, beards are fucking infested with COVID. I don't believe them to not say Sit that. On it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But I believe Whoa, that they would come up with some shit that weird. Yeah. Look, I, then it's my, like you have to shave your beard. It's like, nah, bro, I don't, I don't want to. It's simple to me. It's simple. It's like, it, but the key is you've got to apply this principle everywhere, right? Yeah. As minimal government as possible. Stay the fuck out of our lives. Period. Right? Any legislation, anything that you legislate, is going to limit someone's freedom. Right. Almost exclusively, that's true. There are some exceptions, right? Like. Obviously, legislation that protects civil rights that changed the wrongs of or the past. property rights. Right. Stuff like that, sure. But for the most part, like, we're good on all that. Y'all yeah. stay the fuck out of our lives now and let us live. At this right. point, anything else government is trying to do is an overreach, in my opinion. Right. You know, and, and that's just, it's just live and let live. It's simple. 100%. 100%. That's, that's how I live my whole life. Like, I don't care what you do. I don't care what Caitlin does. I don't give a fuck what anybody does. But if they start doing something to my daughter, yeah, shit goes down, right? right. Like, th- and that's that's the big difference—the externality. Like, live your right. life; that's fine. I'm gonna live my life. Don't talk shit to me because I got a beard, or because I got muscles, or because I got tattoos, or whatever, or right. because you know I believe this or that. Like, why? Just go live your life and be happy, right? You know, like, wh- why do you feel the need to comment to to offer commentary on my life? Because I'm trying to help you because right. you're going to hell. No, no. It's cause, really, it's because they're so unhappy with their life. And they need to turn that inward and reflect a little bit and say, why do I feel compelled to right. jump on Twitter and talk shit to people? Right. You know? Right. That's that shit, what I think. Right. That No, that's what it is. Fuck that. That's what it is. Yeah. Listen, we got to get out of here, but we got to do this again, man. I, um, Dude, I appreciate you. I really appreciate you, man, um, extending, you know, this olive branch and, and like in, in genuine conversation, man. I don't I don't really get to do these type of long format interviews. I probably might try to hit get on Rogan or some shit. But like, I appreciate oh, you, man, for being yeah. unapologetic and like legitimately like living your freedom. You know what I mean? And so I just I, I like to say that to brothers a lot of times because. Even our strong homies, you know what I mean? You know, like the world tries to beat us down. It's true. You know, and so like I I legit want, you know, everybody watching and listening to this to legitimately like appreciate, you know, the men and and just strong people of whatever background that you have in your life. And just, you know, give motherfuckers their roses and tell them you appreciate them. You know what I mean? hundred percent, man. And and I feel the exact same way as. You know, I saw so much in common with you, which is why I wanted to talk to you, you know, our approach to freedom and liberty and, and our, our viewpoints. Um, really quick, I know, I know, I, you know, I want you to at least mention this really quick, the Solutionary Summit. What is it? Yeah. You know, where can people learn about it? All that good stuff. For sure. The Solutionary Summit is a, um, it's a mixture. There's some people from the left, there's some people in the center, there's some right people. Um, I was trying to get some like, really really racist people to come to on both ends of the spectrum sometimes they don't they don't come to the invites um but basically the solutionary summit is a hodgepodge mixture of all different political leanings discussing ideas and their perspective and some in panels some in um just single presentations um to the people and then at the end of each uh discussion 
we land on an action item list that the vast majority of the people in the audience and the um, panelists can agree with. So we may not all again get 90% of what we want or 100%, but okay, we good. Everybody gets 65 and we can implement this in our respective lanes and circles. That's a solution, you know what I mean? Um, so that's in essence what the Solutionary Summit is. I want everybody to come through. It's in Miami this year. Um, it's from September the 3rd through September the 5th. Um, September the 5th is like, we're gonna be on a yacht. We got um, Akil Bay from Taylor Defense Training Group. He's a Green Beret, Sniper, yeah. Army Ranger, all of that type of really solid dude. He's gonna be teaching everybody that gets that ticket um, on a yacht in Miami, just floating around. So that's the Sunday. Saturday is when all of the presentations and stuff. Friday is um, all of the businesses will be there. Kind of like a, like a business like slash job fair type thing. But it's just three days of um, people and solutions from different walks of life. And then after we, you know, fight over ideas on those stages, we all have a drink, have some food, chop it up, Beautiful. you know, and just really, really recognize that we all live, you know, in a, in a very, um, um, a land with a lot of opportunity. And uh, we want to exercise those, those rights to, to, you know, maximize on those, on those opportunities and freedoms that we do have while preserving the ones that are under attack. So um, anybody interested in showing up, it's September the 3rd through the 5th in Miami. Um, you can get tickets at solutionarylifestyle.org. Um, that is our nonprofit. So if anybody wants to donate, they can too. Um, and we just want people to come out. We want, we absolutely need more people from the fitness community to come through because that's a part of this revolution. You can't be like saying you don't like the government and you can't like fight or defend yourself or lift things up or make stuff. And all of this stuff takes, you know, physical strength. Or you know, here's so, another one. Take care of your immune health and, yes. and care about what you put in your body. If the last year has taught us anything, like, yeah. come on. Um, so, yes, I accept your invitation as someone from the fitness community. Hell <laughs> yeah. Yo, listen, Dave, no, seriously, I'm like, come I would love through, to come. I'm set up a booth. Like, I got you, man. Like, we, we need and any folks that, you know, like I'm trying to I'm trying to really like link up like with with guys. Um that and women that really are like that see this picture holistically like yourself so absolutely man just um after this just you know shoot me a message and then we'll i'll send you the you know, same thing or just whatever i'll yeah. just tell you you know here here's the booth you like and we could get busy because we need that that's that's yeah. like legit necessary yeah I, I mean i can put you in touch with a few people who share our same beliefs and are in the fitness community. I mean, obviously Ian Smith, Andy Frisella, yeah. you know, all those guys I've, you know, I have yeah. um, ties to through first form and stuff, but anyway, man, we'll, we'll talk offline. I appreciate your time, brother. Maj Touré, uh, black guns matter solutionary summit. You guys can find him online pretty easily. He's all over the place. I have mad respect for what you're doing, man. And I appreciate you. And we absolutely got to do this again. For sure. Thanks brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 